The Truth About Margot. My other best friend is a yellow Labrador retriever named Piper who pretty much does four things. Eat, play fetch, look for a place to sleep, and sleep. Her athleticism is misleading for a dog that sleeps constantly. She reminds me of Barry Sanders, the way she jukes other dogs at the park. Piper probably thinks I do something dangerous, like a professional javelin catcher or something, and might never come back. Because when I get home, she's so happy to see me, she shakes like a fist fight inside a fur coat. It's the highlight of my day. Other than that, she sleeps, and for a Labrador, sleeping is total and complete. After walking through the backyard like a ninja, I snuck into my house as quietly as I could. Piper was nowhere to be found, so I knew she hadn't heard me come in. Apparently, Margot, my wife of three years, hadn't heard me either, because I could hear her talking on the phone to a friend. Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, I won't eavesdrop on Margot, because honestly, the less I hear her speak, the better. But this conversation had me intrigued from the get-go. Oh yeah, I'm already rich, girl. Parker's selling all his apartments to his boss and starting his own company. I smiled. She was bragging about me. He told me it was over $6 million, and half of it's mine. That's right, Biatch. You're talking to a millionaire. My wife is beautiful, but dumb, and some of the stuff she says and does embarrasses me to no end. I was conflicted. I wanted her to be proud of me, but it was also horrifying. She was talking about actual numbers. Doesn't she know when you talk about money, you're supposed to be vague enough for people to think you have way more than you actually have? What in the world was she doing telling people such private information, and why wasn't she inflating the number like everybody else does? I leaned on the doorway towards her direction and listened more, wondering if I should stop her. Well, I don't know. I should probably go ahead and get pregnant now, now that I know there's enough money. Um, I thought we had been trying for over a year. I know, I know, she continued. The thought of giving birth scares hell out of me, too. He wants kids so badly. I'm not even sure I want kids to tell you the truth, but all I have to do is have one, and he has to take care of us for the rest of our lives. My heart dropped to the floor. Hell no, girl, I'm on the pill. He believes anything I tell him. I make those decisions. I wear the pants in this marriage. The other person must have been talking because in the silence I could hear and feel my heart beating in my face. He's nice, he's smart, funny, and obviously he's a good provider, but there's just not an attraction, a spark, you know? There's no biology between us. He's ugly and I just can't get past it. I thought with all the money and all, I, but I can't. I mean, he's not ugly, ugly. He's just not my type. Are you serious? I couldn't believe it. More silence. The door trim felt cold against my face as I stared at granite countertops and the end of our marriage. Should I just go kick her out? Should I call Hicks? No, I'll see him at trivia tonight. He can give me the name of a good divorce attorney. I was surprised at how quickly I was ready to quit our marriage, but then it didn't seem like much of a marriage after she said those things. I thought of the $6 million I had wired into our joint investment account that afternoon. I made every last penny of it, and half of it was hers? Probably. After we got married, Margot worked at the Gap for maybe four or five weeks before she quit, vowing to never return to retail hell after she was rescued apparently by an ugly rich guy. 
I can't even look him in the face when we have sex, she continued, sounding amused. I know, I know, I'm bad, but you know me, girl. I keep it real. I call it like it is. I was crushed. I was white hot. Sick to my stomach. I mean, I'm not that ugly, but I'd never felt uglier. Piper walked around the corner, saw me, and stopped. She didn't shake violently. I must have looked as sick as I felt because she looked nervous, like I might throw up on her. She had reason to. I'd thrown up on her before. She stopped in her tracks and stared at me like I was an object set out of place. I could hear Margot laughing in the background. I couldn't make out what she was saying. And frankly, I didn't want to hear anything more. I wanted to sit down, but I couldn't move. I felt waves and waves of horrible washing over me as I connected the dots. And more and more answers, laced with embarrassment and anger, continued to bludgeon the best fucking day of my life. This sucked balls. If we're being honest, I had suspected it here and there, but now I knew my marriage was a sham. I felt like I was hearing the punchline to a joke that I desperately wanted to bomb, but in my mind I could see everybody laughing. Oh, you thought she married you for your personality. Who else knew I was a clown in this circus? My dad used to make fun of rich guys that married hot bimbos. Sure, she can suck the chrome off a trailer hitch, but you got a 50-50 shot at having a dumbass kid. Whether my dad saw the irony in that humor, I'll never know. The house I grew up in was a full-blown mansion. On the third story, you could step outside the billiards room window onto the roof. I know, right? A billiards room. At the tender age of nine, I was screwing around on the roof like I'd done a thousand times before, but hadn't noticed a new plastic tarp hastily installed to cover a leak. I ended up slipping on the tarp and sliding down the roof until I fell off. As bad as that sounds, it was even worse. The roof wasn't steep, so there was roughly two full hours of torturous stop-and-go sliding down the tarp before I actually fell off. I was horrified the entire time about the fall because I knew there was a wrought iron fence with sharp pickets directly below me. Would the pickets go through me if I landed on them? I went hoarse calling out to anyone who might hear me. I was only nine years old. I tried to lay flat, digging my fingers in for a grip that wasn't there. But whenever I tried to move, I'd slide further down, five feet at a time, slowly toward the edge before making a miraculous stop. With about ten feet left to go, I accepted I was going to fall. I decided to roll over to my right as much as I could, as fast as I could, to try and avoid falling on the picket fence below. I gathered up all my courage, and on the seventeenth count of three, I went for it. Nothing from my plan worked. I slid like a rocket down the roof. I remember falling end over end, horrified the entire time I was about to be impaled on a picket fence only to miss it by inches. I snapped my collarbone, sprained my wrist, and broke my nose very badly. Blood from my nose was everywhere. I ran all the way to our neighbor's house, screaming obscenities because my brains were coming out of my nose. I felt like I was sliding down that roof again in my own kitchen, only now there wasn't a way to avoid the picket fence. She thinks I'm ugly? I thought she loved me. She wasn't lying. She never looked me in the face when we were knocking boots. Who was she talking to? Her girlfriend? A man? 
This was supposed to be the best fucking day of my life. The best fucking day of my life. God damn it. It didn't take long for the rejection to turn into anger. I agonized over how much of her shit I'd put up with and for what. We don't have kids, and Piper sleeps all day. She didn't have a goddamn thing to do, and she lived the life of leisure on my tab. I gently encouraged her over the past year to at least volunteer somewhere, maybe get herself some structure or some purpose. But instead of organizing charity events, she's going to charity events, insisting I go with her and prancing around like we have more money than we do in front of people that know we don't. Who knew charity events were really marriage fairs for well-connected women looking for their next stop on the gravy train? I had no idea when I met Margot at a fundraiser my boss made me attend. My boss's wife introduced me to Margot as her husband's rich, eligible VP of acquisitions. This young woman, Margot, was a rising star at the Gap. Before I knew it, we were married, and she quit her job. I remember the conversation we had after she quit the Gap. Retail is so humiliating. Then get a different job, I told her. I'd like to quit working too, but we don't have enough money. Boomer's wife doesn't work. They have two kids. She works, just not in an office. Besides, Boomer has twice the money we have, and he sells fake boobs in Atlanta. He is recession-proof. We are not. Great, so you just want me to start pumping out kids. Is that what I am to you, a big sperm donor? She said indignantly. A sperm donor? I knew what she meant. She was so earnestly dumb. She mangled sayings all the time, but I was still getting used to it. No, I'm not saying that. I'm telling you that you need to work. There'd be no response. And like I said, I can't stand silence in a conversation. Why don't you go back into modeling? Modeling is so humiliating. Piper was sitting in the middle of the kitchen, still looking at me. She must have been trying to figure out what was different about my entrance tonight. I used my sleeve to wipe off the tears running down my face and smelled Philip's patchouli-based body odor. I turned around to leave the house. I wanted to think it through before I confronted her. Do I even want to talk to her? Ever again? I was surprised again by how easy it was to let her marriage go. I needed to speak to a lawyer. Maybe I could hide some of my assets. As soon as I turned around to walk out, Piper went crazy, and I heard Margot say, He's here. Shit. He's home early. I can see his car. Gotta go. Piper jumped on me as I opened the door again. I shut it loudly to fake my arrival. I went over to the refrigerator, opened it, and stared at all the expensive gourmet food she'd never eat. The expensive food that I'd eventually throw out because I was the only person interested in cleaning out the gigantic sub-zero refrigerator she just had to have. Margot came into the kitchen, but I didn't turn to face her. I couldn't. Instead, I gathered my strength, staring at the jar of dill pickles that, despite my repeated protests, she always ate, giving her breath a distinct ass-like smell. How was work? She startled me. I could hear from her voice that she was sitting behind me on the counter, probably in a great mood. I knew she looked effortlessly beautiful because she always did, and I hated her for it. When do you close your big deal? How much do we get afterwards? How much do we get? They pushed it back a couple weeks, I said, lying to an unopened container of ridiculously expensive stuffed olives. Again? Why? Are they trying to take advantage of you? Nope. Just some title issues. I hope it's not a big deal. It could take a couple of months.
You should sue them. This is ridiculous. Anyway, I was thinking, can we go ahead and get new furniture for the living room? I spent all day in there, and I want it to be nice. This is too rich. With my composure back, I shut the refrigerator door, turned to her, and said, Nope. And I've been going over our finances. We can't swing it anymore without you working, especially if I'm starting a new business. My salary is going away, so you need to get a job. She was speechless, which I knew would quickly turn into indignity and then devolve into a hissy fit, which I wasn't about to stick around for. I enjoyed the moment for a split second, shrugged my shoulders, and went up the back stairs so I could change clothes and walk Piper. And get the fuck out of this house. Margot called up to me. You can't go to trivia at Mo's and Joe's tonight. We have the Buckhead Arts Auction. She knew it was bad news, and I could tell she was taking pleasure delivering it. Fuck me running. I put on jeans and slipped into my flip-flops. I sat down at the bench at the end of our bed, dejected, staring at the tennis ball Piper was holding in her mouth. Then it hit me. And when I say it hit me, I meant the absolute most beautiful, most fantastic idea I'd had in years. What are you smiling about? She asked me, looking gorgeous, as I bounced past her through the kitchen. I stopped at the back door. Just wait, I said, full of devious energy. I'm going to make your day. Two minutes later, I was back, smiling ear to ear. I'm going to look like a fool here, but... I tossed the light blue Tiffany and Company box on the counter next to her, trying to hide my hygienic panic as I made a beeline to the sink to wash my hands vigorously. Oh. My. God. You found them! She screamed like a little girl. Ah! You found my pearls! Where were they? Do I have to give my new ones back? I found them under my bathroom sink last week. Totally random. You must have put them there by mistake. I wanted to surprise you, but I had them clean first, and it took longer than I expected. Margot was holding the necklace up to the light, unknowingly inspecting Philip's rinse job. Did you miss them? I thought you could wear them tonight. And yes, unfortunately, we do need to give the replacement pearls back. It'd be insurance fraud otherwise. I smiled. You can't stop progress. I couldn't help myself. Don't just stand there. Put them on. Yes, she said as she put Philip and Benny's anal beads around her neck. Within seconds, Margot had part of the strand in her mouth. You went cheap on the replacement necklace. They weren't long enough, she admonished. You see, these are the perfect length. Margot put them back in her mouth, then took them out again to explain. I just love putting them in my mouth. I feel smarter. It helps me think. You should wear three at a time, then. She missed my insult completely. Weird taste. Probably the cleaning solution the jeweler used, I lied as I walked out the door with Piper. He said it was non-toxic, so you should be safe. I'm sure the taste will go away eventually. With Philip's butthole-dipped pearls in her mouth, she said, That's good weight. I don't mind a little quina. <laughs>